Welcome to One Interview, One World. This is Lainey Kay, and this is a show about interviewing people from all walks of life because everyone has a story to share and we can all learn from each other. I hope you enjoy listening. I went up to, I went up to the clerk and I said, am I hearing music? And she looked at me like I was coming from Mars. Aww. And she goes, yeah. Aww. And I thought, I said, do they always have music in this store? She said, yeah. <laughs> Again, looking, looking at me like I was from Mars. And at that particular point, I realized that I was hearing something that I hadn't heard before. And I broke down into what I called the blubbering moment. <laughs> I broke down and cried. And it's down to put the matter. I said, I can hear the music. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you're having like a lot of wow moments oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I am. When I got my first pair of hearing aids, you don't know what you're missing yeah. until you get hearing aids. And for the first time in my life, I heard water running in the sink. I heard paper rustling. And you spend some amount of time... When you first get your technology, whatever it is that helps you to hear, learning what sounds are. When I first got my hearing aids, you would, I would hear things, and I couldn't identify it because I had never heard it before. And so it was always, what's that? What's that sound? What's that sound? I know she's been going through that with uh, with Tom since she got her cochlear implant, but I went through it when I got my hearing aids, too. So today I'm with Rama and Jeannie, and they both live a life where they have hearing impairment. And one of them, Rama, has recently this year got a cochlear implant. So we're going to learn about their lives, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to ask some questions. But as we go along, they're going to share about themselves. So thank you, ladies, for being here. I really appreciate it. We, just so you know, we, we both... Oh, have severe one. hearing loss. Okay. But our comfort level with that is at different ends of the spectrum. Okay. And probably, uh, she would probably have a 180 take on stuff that I show. Your perspective. I, I don't know how you want, yeah. Your I don't perspective know how you so want different. to figure that out. So far as, so far as, uh, Hearing loss and dealing with the world at large, we're on the same page. Okay. You know, uh, because that's universal. But uh, she opted to get a cochlear implant, and it's fairly new for her. She just got it this year. Mm -hmm. So she's still making adjustments to learning how to understand speech through it. Because yeah. when, I, I don't know how much you know about cochlear implants. I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. When you, ha when you wear a hearing aid, it amplifies sound. Mm -hmm. All sounds. Mm -hmm. And when you have a cochlear implant, it, that, that's not what it does. It, it uh, bypasses and it, they insert wires into your brain, and so when you get a cochlear implant, you have to learn to hear all over again. 
and your brain has to be retrained and there's an extensive rehab time period yeah. where you know she's hearing a lot more environmental sounds than she ever heard with the hearing aid but speech is still challenging for her because she's learning to process speech through a, a new brain membrane Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So it's different. The, it the different. sound is it not is. how I would hear it. It's like an electronic kind of maybe. robotic. Yeah. Well, robotic. Actually, the funny thing is though, what I hear with the cochlear, I don't know. You know this, Jeannie. Jeannie, with the cochlear, it's actually you don't have all that um, static. You don't have this. Feedback. You don't have feedback. I can lay on this. I could do everything I want with it. And I don't have a problem with that. The people are telling me that that once you understand speech, that it is much clearer than it would be with the hearing aid. And I totally understand that. You know, it, it's, it's a process. It's a process of learning to hear, but also... It's an emotional thing, too, because, you know, I had hearing, then I started losing the hearing, and then you have the hearing aid, and then you have the cochlear implant, and you have to relearn all these things, and and um, thank God, thank God, they have... I know, the doggy in the background. <laughs> they have um, all these websites. Uh -huh. or, um, Facebook pages. Like a community online? Yes. Okay. Thank God they have those. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll go on, I'll say, you know, I'm getting a little discouraged. You know, you know, a hundred people will say, well, you know what, this is what happened, da 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 you know, and it'll get better. Or I'll say, you know, when is the speech going to come? And I'll say, just keep working that ear, da da So they, they give you support. They give yes. you the moral support. And some of these people are doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I go horseback riding every year for a week. And this particular year in June, there are two people, two, a, a brother and a sister, Julie Husting. Boy, if you want to interview somebody, she's the gal. She and her, her brother both wear two cochlear implants. Julie, you would never, ever know that she had a hearing problem or that she, yes, yeah, I mean, she's like, to me, she's, I call a normie. She just is like a normal hearing person. And so most of her life she couldn't hear, but now that she got it, she can. I think she could hear. Uh -huh. I think she could hear fairly well until she was, you know, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Her brother, that different story, he um, he would have deaf speech, but, um, you know, and he doesn't do nearly as well. I think I think that w it is a timing thing when you lose your hearing, if you're able to pick up speech well or not. I think. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. It seems like it to me. Okay. I know the difference. Okay. So I would love to know... I know you both said you're not bothered by titles. So hearing impaired, is that a common terminology that it's okay to say? Or deaf communities, okay to say? Is there, um, or hearing loss? Is there any other terminology that would explain it? Hearing challenged? 
Okay, hearing challenged. I think yeah. it's more politically oh, correct that one. than today's arena. Hearing challenged. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah cause I have, I personally have not had to deal with anybody who, who well, actually a senior, seniors, yes, like who are hard of hearing, but not anybody really young or, you know, living their life that way the whole time. So it's a, it's a learning experience. And what I hope from this is that we help the world at large to understand your perspective and to be more understanding and how to how to interact better. You know, so that's that's the, that's my goal. Did you did you hear that or get yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So for me, even during this interview, I have to work on speaking slower. I have to work on where they can see my lips. Yeah. So just now, Rama moved because Rama. If I'm not, yeah, they have to look at me. It helps them to see what I'm saying. Because we read Yeah. Notes. But you both actually speak well. You speak very well. So some people who have this challenge, they probably have a hard time even speaking, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about deafness is there's no one shoe fit all. Mm-hmm. Deafness is so variable uh, at the age at which you acquire it, mm-hmm. and the severity of it, and, and um, so far as being able to hear the external environment, the external noises that are coming in, and then they're drowning out voices, um, things come into play, like is there carpeting, or is it linoleum? Sound reverberates and bounces off of walls, because you have draperies. It softens that reverberation. So there's so that's why people always say, you know, they know you're hearing impaired, but they go, "How come you heard me say that?" Mm. It, right. And at other times, you don't hear them at all. Mm-hmm. And and that's it's it's just such a variable world that each moment mm-hmm. is might be hearing and might not be. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And is it harder for you to hear when you're out in like a louder environment or there's lots of voices happening? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for you too. Yes. I mean, I mean that's at, true. If you go, uh, particularly challenging is a restaurant with the, mm-hmm. the silverware playing and, you know, and a lot of noisy people, especially restaurants that don't have carpeting and don't have drapes, you know. Oh, I gotta tell you, I went into the Black Angus this week. They completely remodeled. I loved the Black Angus because I'm hearing impaired. Because they had high um, material booths and they had carpeting and it was very quiet. And a hearing challenged person could go there and have a nice meal and be able to hear and have a conversation with them. It's like every other place now. There's there's no carpeting. They took out all the walls. It's center flooring with a bunch of tables all in the middle. It's noisy. It was horrible. Tom and I went there an awful lot because it was enclosed. Me, me too. Oh boy. So Rayma and Jeannie, how did you realize that you couldn't hear? At what point in your life? I come from a very severely hearing impaired family. Mm-hmm. My mother's mother and her grandmother 
they lived in a time when they didn't have hearing aids. And um, when my mom and dad got together, my dad, he was, he was, could, he could hear okay, but my mom, you know, was hearing impaired. So when I was born, I'm assuming that, that they knew that I had a big chance of, of having a hearing impairment, so they were watching me. Mm-hmm. When I went to kindergarten, they told my mom and dad okay. that I'm hearing impaired. Okay. So uh, I got the, you know, the, the, I, I don't know how old you are, but I had to have one of these big old, like a ball thing sticking in my ear with a big cord, and I had to wear this harness and put this big box right here. And the only thing I could hear, like if I put it underneath my clothes, was my clothes. But what I would do, because I hated it, I would only wear the plug and the wire and didn't wear anything else and didn't tell anybody. Oh. So I couldn't hear anyway, so I'm plugging up another ear. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so, so hard. So you were in regular school. You weren't right. in where there was children having hearing impairment so they wouldn't even pick up on that that's tough that's i mean they picked up that you couldn't hear but then when they gave you something they didn't pick up that you weren't utilizing it right right yeah and what about you um mine was not hereditary like raymond's um i was eight years old when my parents used to take family camping up to the mining by Bishop every year, and um, I was bit by a tick. Oh my goodness! And I um, did not tell my parents, mm-hmm. and the head stayed embedded in me. So I got I got very very violently sick. I got tick fever, and I was so sick that they had to cancel the camping trip and take me home, which was an eight hour drive. But I had a very high fever, and so any high fever in a child can lead to deafness, blindness. Wow. You know, and so uh, we got home, and and I got better, but a result of the illness, the high fever was hearing loss. <laughs> did how long did you know that you had hearing loss? Was it like quickly after that, or yeah, they noticed it. Right okay, now. okay, yeah. both because, ears because my hearing loss is severe to profound. Wow. Yeah, but um, yeah, and for some reason, I was not fitted with hearing aids when I was a child, and I um. I did go to a special class in mainstream public school. I went to a special lip reading class. Okay. And I was pulled out of my regular class, and I spent an hour with this uh, uh, lip reading lady. And uh, the I, I grew up with a stigma towards the hearing loss because... Um, I was embarrassed that I was being pulled out and going into, it was called special education class. And so I felt different Mm -hmm. from all the other kids. And um, I I just didn't have a a healthy uh, self-esteem about Mm -hmm. it. So I grew up hiding my hearing loss and doing what we call bluffing. 
Okay. Bluffing is when we pretend that we we hear stuff and we don't really and we and we laugh inappropriately in conversations because we don't know what's going on, you know. Wow. And uh, it, it wasn't until I was uh, about well, I got my first hearing aids at twenty. Wow. And. But I tried to hide them. I used to wear my hair long, and I would never put it up and show my hearing aids. And when I got uh, about 35, I went to my first Hearing Loss of America, which was at that time self-help for hard of hearing. And I met a lot of other people that had hearing loss and found out that there were strategies to deal with it, that there was uh, documented instructions on how to cope, and that there were hearing dogs, and all this technology that was available to me. There were FM systems, there were loops, there were... um, What's the other one? Um, Anyways... um, so and yeah, so you lived a the life. First thing, without first thing that. I did was get myself a hearing dog. Aww. And because I thought, because I was working, and I thought that having the hearing dog would be beneficial to help people remember that I had a hearing loss because I speak so well. People forget all the time, and they turn their backs to me, or they cover their hand with their mouth, and and they don't engage in in etiquette for uh, speak communicating with hearing impaired. So I thought, well, I should get a hearing dog that will help people remember. It did not work. The dog became the, the workplace mascot. <laughs> Everybody wanted to talk to the dog and be friends with the dog, and they and they just and their heads are down <laughs> talking to the dog, huh? My first one was a, a Britney Spaniel. Aww. Yeah, and um, the, it didn't work, but I still uh, really, really enjoy having a hearing dog, and uh, because I live alone, it gives me a sense of security that. Yeah, there's you and know, she some, someone you. that can hear mm-hmm. in the home. Absolutely, and you, she alerts you. She alerts. What, what are the signals? Tell her this, all the different signals that she does. It's your dog. Oh well, standard fare hearing dogs are uh, trained to alert to uh, smoke alarm, telephone, alarm clock, doorbell, door knock, and a timer, and then whatever else you want to add on to that name call. Key drop, baby cry. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's nice that that they have that. Did you ever, Rayma? No, no, you didn't. I, I I have a husband. Okay. So I don't feel the need right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may eventually get mm-hmm. a, a dog, but mm-hmm. I don't really feel that I need one. At the time that Jeannie got Heather, I went up to CCI Canine Companion for Independence with Jeannie, and. Kind of went through the whole program with her, but she was the candidate, not me. I was just there as a um, team person to help her, you know. And uh, actually, I could get a hearing dog, uh-huh. but at, the, at that particular time, I already had three dogs. Yeah. And I didn't think it was really fair to those dogs that I had mm-hmm. to bring another dog in. And I'm taking this dog out with me, and they're not going out with me. Yeah. So, eventually, I probably will. 
So your hearing impairment was caused from genetics, yeah. correct? And then yours is from the tick. And so what are some of the causes for deafness or having, I mean, you touched on some. So genetics, sickness, a fever. There's three types of hearing loss. Uh-huh. Two are repairable and one is not. Okay. There's uh, conductive. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done my research before this That's interview. That's all right. Yeah. There's uh, the bone conductive, which is repairable. What's the other one? Uh, you can go online. Yeah, it's fine. It's sensory neural loss. But the neurosensorial loss, which is what we have, is not repairable. Okay. So the only thing that you can do with that is get hearing aids and amplify it into C-sounds or go to cochlear implant. Okay. 90% of deaf babies are born to hearing parents. Oh, wow, that's a big statistic, 90% to hearing parents. Yes, so uh, there are a lot of deaf children today. If if you are born deaf, it is best to get a cochlear implant when you're very young. Okay. They fare the best. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, there's all different spectrums of deafness. There's born deaf, there's getting a hearing loss while you're growing up, and then there's a class called late deafened adults, mm-hmm. you know, people that were hearing their whole lives and then something happens and they suddenly lose their hearing. Uh, noise-induced hearing loss. That's you right. be around a lot loud of loud noises. noises you know, okay. A lot of, there's a, a tremendous influx of Vietnam of vets coming home with, oh, okay. with severe hearing loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of yeah. the percussion, the sound. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. When you were in school then, um, did you feel like they had good accommodations to help you while you were going through school at the time? I sat up front and the teacher was always aware. Mm-hmm. And they always made sure that I was able to see them. So, and I had I had a lot more hearing then than I do. I've lost more hearing throughout the, uh, my years. So at that particular time, I didn't think I was doing that bad. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, you know, I, I made really good grades. I was doing fine. So um, I really didn't feel that it was a real problem until I, I became like in seventh, eighth grade. Then I had to, I, I made myself wear the hearing aids. Okay. And I wore the hearing aids from seventh grade on. Before I would just play around with it, like stick it away, you know, but I, at that particular time, I, I needed it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, how bad my hearing was at that particular time, but the school and my mother and father both made sure that they they communicated with the teachers and let them know that they needed to accommodate me. Mm-hmm. Did either one of you learn sign language when you were growing no. up? No. There was nobody to talk to in sign. Oh, okay. I went to a regular school. Uh-huh. Sign language is only good if you are with other people that sign. Right. You know, and you're so, not, really. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my, my family is was not interested in learning to sign. Back to the accommodations, I think that um, today, because of the American with Disabilities Act, that there is a lot more awareness and there is a lot more knowledge out there in how to accommodate people with many different disabilities. Mm -hmm. When I was going to school, 
I believe that they just didn't know what to do for me. And a lot of the technology that's there today wasn't there. You know, the, um, the FM systems, which is like a, like a pocket talker thing. The teacher wears a transmitter and you wear a receiver and it, you know, brings sound into your ears or looped rooms for venues with large groups where if you were any hearing aid with the T-coil, you can switch that on and it sends the speaker's voice directly into, like binoculars for the ears, directly into your hearing aids. It's great. She has that feature with her CI. It's called streaming. But, um yeah, I, I think that um, when I was going to university, mm-hmm. I had to advocate for myself, and I had to tell them what it was that I needed, and I even had to find that accommodation and bring it into the school and negotiate for for an FM well, system. We did that. We both did that at the University of Laverne. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to name names, but... <laughs> I think it's all right. You know, I mean, it's just going public. I didn't want to embarrass anybody. Well, it you know, the way that things happen is it's like a learning curve. And, and like you say, the ADA, the American Disabilities Act, helped tremendously make yes. it more um, push for them to do things because they weren't doing things on their own. Yeah. Or and, just and they unaware. just don't know what to do. Yeah, unaware. Most places just don't know what to do. You know, it's the same thing. We're dealing with a tremendous problem with uh, uh, pet dogs being brought into businesses mm-hmm. because they're buying vests off the Internet that say that they're service dogs, and they're not. And uh, the businesses just don't know how to deal with that problem. They don't know what the laws are. They don't know what they can and can't ask, and they don't know what they can and can't do. So we're making an effort to educate the businesses yeah. on what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that that affects you because your dog has like the things it needs to follow and do to help you, and if people are bringing in dogs that really aren't service dogs, then that... It causes a problem yes. for us because they bark and they lunge at my dog. Okay. So her safety is an issue. Yeah. And uh, also, I've, I've gone into establishments uh, like the, the large Costco warehouse, and uh, they say that the people that bring dogs in that are not service dogs... They're urinating and defecating on the floor. They're sniffing the food. They're totally inappropriate behavior for a service dog in in a that type of environment. Wow! So wow! Yeah. It's. What is it like, Rama, living a hearing impaired life? Um, you feel very isolated at times. Um, there have been times that. I will. I would not go to different functions because I couldn't hear. Because I didn't. I couldn't fit in. Um, and since I've got the cochlear implant, and I have a, a really good friend who I, I told you about, Julie Husting, who was has a big Facebook page. She went to a horseback. We went. We go horseback riding for a week. In June, she and her brother went with Tom and I. And she, because she has two cochlear implants, and she acts like like 
what I would call a normie, a normal hearing person. She's that good. And she said, go to every single thing you can. Get yourself out there. Do all these things. She made me go to all the functions that they had at Honeywell at the horse ranch. We went square dancing. We went, you know, we, we went on the wagon walk. We did all these different things that I would not do. She said, do it. And you know what? I lived. <laughs> In fact, I went to a 50th high school reunion gathering that I had such a great time. Such a great time. I never would have done that before. So I'm coming out of my shell and it has been pretty wonderful. Uh-huh. It really has been. It's pretty wonderful. So just to reiterate, because I don't think we really touched on it, is that you got the cochlear implant in... Five and a half months. No, so six, six months ago. Six months ago. So your whole life you lived without it and right. you were hard of hearing. What was hearing aids. Yeah, hearing aids. But even with hearing aids, you couldn't hear everything, correct? No, no, no. Yeah. And, and even with a cochlear implant, I can't hear everything. I'm learning to hear. The speech is not... The speech is not completely clear yet. I'm told that it will be. I have the hearing aid on the other ear that's doing the clarity for me. This is doing some really awesome, wonderful environmental sounds. I'm hearing, I have a list of things that I, I, I write down all these little, uh, wow moments that I, that I'm experiencing. I write it down and I go back and look and say, oh wow, that, you know, that's what, when this happened, that's when that happened. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a while, mm-hmm. and the Facebook page is really, really helpful for me because they're saying, you know, like I say, well, I can't understand the complete speech. It's getting there, but it's not there. Don't worry, Rima, it'll be, it'll, it's coming. Don't yeah. worry. It'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be a little bit more, longer, but you'll get there. Yeah. Do you go to, um, I take it, whoever did the surgery, they have like an office and they help you as well? Kaiser. Kaiser? Okay. Yeah, I go to Kaiser. Um, Kaiser, what they do is they do, they do mappings. Um, what they, what they do is they, they put you in a soundproof booth. They measure your hearing. They, um, you tell them if, like I'm going on the 9th, on Friday, next Friday. And I, I feel like I need to have more sound. I need to have more, um, like bass tones. So I need to tell them what I'm hearing. And what I like and what I do not like. So they work with you. Mm-hmm. And um, she's an audiologist, and my my surgeon is the the one the the one who performed the surgery. They work together. Mm-hmm. They also have the the implant is from Cochlear America, and they will also sometimes have a representative go in there with us to try and tweak it to where I'm hearing better. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a team effort. So they also help you with, so understanding what you're hearing, um, your speech, does it help your, with your speech too, or, or your speech was just what's evolved your whole life? I think, I think my speech has evolved my whole life. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. To me, I sound okay, but oh, yeah. I know other people, no. other people do notice that I have a hearing loss. Some people will know like immediately mm-hmm. that, that I have a hearing loss, mm-hmm. but, um, I I don't know. I don't. Your speech sounds normal to me. Does it? Yeah, and your speech sounds a little different, like a different pattern. That that's my interpretation. 
Uh, I've been told that people that are trained in working with the deaf and hard of hearing know instantly that I'm hearing impaired because okay. of the way I pronounce things. Okay. Also, um, throughout my life, my family has helped me to, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader that you can, I pronounce things like they're written and that isn't always correct. And so uh, I have one daughter that will, if I say something wrong, she'll tell me how to say it correctly and we practice on it a little bit until I get mm-hmm. it right and, and then I forget. <laughs> but you do a little bit of sign language, it looks like. But you don't do sign, but you do some sign language. So, so because you came from a family that had hearing impairment, they mm-hmm. signed. You signed too. Okay, a little I bit. It. I took a semester okay. at JC. So in your family environment when you were growing up, did you use signing? You didn't. But you interact with maybe the groups that you're in. Some people sign or... It's just like a habit that yeah, you do kind some. Yeah, kind of a habit. Uh-huh. I don't know. We, I've taken classes also. Yeah. And uh, I just sometimes... I love the language, but I, I just sometimes use a little bit. I only know a tiny bit. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. It. Well, just on an aside from that, I've seen where there's research with babies that it's really cool now to do the sign language because they can they understand it and they can communicate yes. before they can actually speak. speak. That so, would be so great yeah. if we raise our children using sign language because the deaf community is so excluded because no one knows how to communicate with yeah. them. You know? it, yeah, it would yeah. be a nice thing to you. Yeah. I think people yeah. would probably love that, learning they that. They do as, love it. They yeah. appreciate it if you learn their language, Aww. yes. We used to have, uh, uh, I used to have some deaf neighbors, and um, and then I, um, when I was working, I had a deaf girl working with me. Okay. And we used to uh, communicate and practice practice mm-hmm. my sign language. She would make fun of me. And show me, show me how to do it right. It's so cute. <laughs> but the thing about sign language is, it's much easier to transmit than it is to receive. And so, uh, you know, you can throw stuff out there, you know, but to read what somebody's saying to you, I mean, it's I mean, a they, lot of they brain go, they power. Go, they huh? go so fast, oh, you know. Okay. It's like slow down, you know. I can't keep up with you. Okay. It. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah, because when you see on TV, they'll have the one sign language person doing their whole thing, and it does seem very very, fast. They're very patient with us. Okay. They're very patient with us, and they appreciate us uh, learning their language. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, and it's very expressive. Yeah. You know, know, it's like, this is, I don't know. Okay. This. Hell, I don't know. (laughs) You know? And it just with expression. And it makes sense yeah. what you're showing me, the mannerism from touching your forehead and bringing your arm down gently mm-hmm. or really, really hard. Yeah. When well, yeah. you're super, I'm not yeah, getting it. It's very expressive. But I get it, even though I don't even know sign language. I get what yeah. you're trying to point yeah. out. Aw. Yeah. So cool. So let me show you a, a thing with lip reading. Oh, yeah. you. Yes, do. only 30% of what is seen on the lips is is. Readable, and Mm. you need to know the context in which it is being said. I'm going to give you an example. What did I say the first time? Um, one of them was "I love you," and one of them was something. Olive juice. 
Olive juice, okay. <laughs> Olive juice and I love you yeah. look exactly the same on the lips. Uh, so you need to know what the context of the conversation mm-hmm. is in order to lip read and keep keep. And you light. can't even get all of it. You can't pick up all of it. That's right. Yeah. Did you learn that, Rayma, um, lip reading at all? What you do is, when you're hearing impaired, you're always looking at their mouth. You're okay. looking at their expressions. You're looking at their their body language. You pick it up. Mm-hmm. You pick it up after a while. And sometimes I've seen conversations all the way across the room, and, and you have too, I'm sure, that... And you think, okay, I can I can read that person's lips. Not all of it, not everything, but you can get the gist of it. I I have seen things that I should not see, you know, like I'm pregnant. Don't tell my, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, you 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 strain, you look, you concentrate, and you don't even have to after a while because you because that's that's how you communicate. We communicate by looking at you and reading your lips. And your whole mannerisms. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Like, you're probably so in tune to people's mannerisms or just general, like, things that people do that have a meaning that we may not pick up mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And that being said, because it's so visual, mm-hmm. having a hearing loss is very tiring. Okay. Yes. It's very tiring. When we've been uh, around uh, a large group gathering and we've been focusing on trying to hear so much it can be exhausting you know so for me it's it's time to go home and and uh, be by myself and not have to mm-hmm. not have to deal with mm-hmm. speech mm-hmm. i understand that yeah. yeah i mean i don't understand it i I'm, i believe that because that it made me think like if you speak a second second language but you don't know that language very well and then you're have to hear that all day long it's the brain capacity to try and interpret it all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's what you're probably you're trying to interpret so mm-hmm. much stuff and using your brain power and yeah. tiring that makes when sense. I get tired I just kind of fade out okay. I'll just let it go on around <laughs> me and uh, yeah you can you can all talk <laughs> I tell it bedding out it's <laughs> boiling ah. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Oh, how did it affect, like, your family and friends growing up being hearing impaired? Um, I think that the neighborhood, all the neighborhood people knew that we were. Uh, my family talked very, very loud. And when, like, I would bring a, a, somebody home or, you know, a friend yeah. or whatever, I remember Gary's girlfriend came over one time and she said, why is everybody so bad? Everybody's so... Are they all mad at each other? Uh, no, no, no. That's how they speak. We're hearing impaired. Yeah. And it was really disheartening for her. Anyway, um, but we did. The whole family talked very loud and it was very comfortable for us. But when outsiders would come in, they would be... They would be shocked at how we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're speaking lower now since you got the cochlear implant? Yes. yes. Jeannie says yes. Well, I noticed that Tom is speaking so loud. And I keep saying, down. You're happy? Down. Okay. Yeah. Because he was used to having to raise his voice all the time so you could hear him. And he was, he, his father was severely hearing impaired. So he grew up around that. And his uncles. So... And it was good for me because 
Tom talked loud and he would, you know, but now it's very difficult for him to change. To change. Yeah. And I keep saying, shh, Yeah. And it, 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 you know, he'll, he'll lower his voice then he goes way back up again. I kind of understand that because my mom has hearing loss and she doesn't have a hearing aids because she just won't wear them and doesn't know how to, doesn't want to deal with that. So she wants everybody to talk loud to her. And most people don't. I notice that because I'm, I'm, I'll tell everybody, like at the doctor, she can't hear. And it's they might, they'll say one sentence to her loud and then they'll go right back right. down to speaking at their normal level. Right. And so she's attuned to like my frequency. So I have to repeat things and I have to say it loud. And I, I, I do feel like I'm loud and I'm like kind of annoying to the office. While we're trying to communicate so she can hear. So I can kind of understand the perspective a little bit. And what about for you with family and friends when you were growing up? How was it? Um, Well, like I said, I was ashamed of my hearing loss. And I I hid it. You know, so um, um, I had something I was going to share with you. It went out. (laughs) Sorry. It'll come back. The one thing is I think that... um, we're a lot more proactive now. I am. I'm very proactive. I will say, you know, I, I go up to a sales clerk and I'll say, I need to see what you're saying. And then I'll, I'll have my conversation. Or I'm, I'm deaf. I need to, can you point me in the direction? Can you kind of show me? You know, but I need to see what you're saying. So I'm very proactive now for me. But and you weren't also, when you were young. Oh, no, 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 you're, no. No. Embarrassed or yeah, not comfortable. Yeah, but but now you know we are able to <laughs> we are able to let people know, and it's I'm not ashamed. Like I'm I'm hearing impaired. I'm helping you help me. Yeah, and I'm you know, and I hopefully I can help you if you need me. What were you going to say? Something that I I wanted to say was that um, parents, if you have children that are born with a hearing loss, uh, talk about it with them and have them embrace it as a part of who they are and give them a healthy self-esteem with that and learn everything that you can learn of how to accommodate them and how to help them. And uh, uh, because it's something they're going to live with for the rest of their life and having a healthy outlook with that is going to help them tremendously to be advocates for themselves mm-hmm. and to learn how to communicate in a hearing world. That's beautiful. I was going to mm-hmm. ask that question. Do you have anything to add to that? You know, like what would you what would you recommend to parents who have um, a child that's hearing impaired? I would tell them, number one, make sure that they get all the help that they can get. Get the hearing aids. Get the cochlear implant. Make sure that, that you're paying attention to them, you're listening to them, that you help them talk. That you make sure that they're in a classroom where they're, they're getting, they're up close enough and that the, the teachers are told that they're having a hearing problem. It's not, I mean, I have gone into classes and, and people did not know. Mm-hmm. And I was ashamed also. I didn't tell people. Now, when I go to any place, I'll say, I'm hearing impaired. I think that that would be really healthy for anyone, child or not child, 
to be able to say, I have a problem, you know, you can't see it, but I, I can't hear it, so just let me, you know, tell me if you are trying to get a hold of me and I'm not paying attention. I'm trying to pay attention. I, just, I can't hear. Right. Out in the world environment, um, what do you think would help for people who don't know you're hearing impaired or just even businesses and things like that? What things would you recommend that would help the hearing impaired community? better or even maybe educating their employees to be more aware. But the unfortunate thing about hearing loss is you can't see it. Right. You can see a broken arm, you can see somebody with with crutches, you can see you can see other disabilities. You cannot see that with hearing. So people may be very well meaning but they have no idea because we look normal. We look like normal people that are acting weird. Or maybe acting inappropriate to understanding what is being said and what's, you know, what's going on. Oh, right. Ignoring them because we can't hear them. But they right. don't know that we can't hear them. Right. They think we're ignoring them. They, they think we're rude. So, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we, you, we you need, need to answer. speak up. We with the hearing yeah. need to speak yes. up. And we need to tell people what they need to do for us. You need to look at me when you speak to me. You need to speak slowly and clearly. Please don't chew gum while you're talking to me. And don't put your hands in front of your mouth, Mm -hmm. you know. And have a little light. I can't see your face in the darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to advocate for ourselves. So we need to learn everything that we can do Mm -hmm. to help ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can share that with with Mm -hmm. whoever we're communicating Mm -hmm. with. Yeah. So letting them know is number one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What other things do you think would help you guys in the environment when you're going about in the world? Well, Hearing Loss for America has a group that is actually goes around to businesses and okay. teaches them about the loop system. The loop system is a system, it's just a, a wire uh, a cord that goes around the perimeter of the room, and if the hearing person sits inside that electromagnetic field, the hearing needs pick up the sounds. And it's it's like binoculars for the ears, and and we can hear the speakers, you know, that are on the mics and in okay. there. So there are groups that are going around and educate businesses, and we're getting the entire facilities looped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two kinds of loop. It can be built into the wall, or or it can be a temporary drop. So, That's very cool. Yeah. Can you think cool. of other things that would help? Mm. Most of, most of our movie theaters now uh-huh. have uh, captioning, mm-hmm. or they have infrared, or they have uh, some of them have FM. It's not so common though. Most most of it's captioning now, so that we can go to the movies and we can watch a movie and see the speech in yes. text script. If they have it charged up, because there's so many times we'll call. We have to call the theater and say. We're going to come, we're going to watch this particular movie. We have to call ahead of time. And then we get down there, and they didn't plug it in. So, yeah, I have to go. I've never had a problem at the theaters that I've been to. Um, what is it? Plays. It's a, like a, kind of like a, a little gooseneck. 
you know how you sit in the seat and you have a place for a cup holder? Yeah. Well, they give you like a little gooseneck thing that has a little screen on it. So you, you put that in and then you say that, okay, here's the movie. You put the captioning like right underneath it so you can read it and see the movie at the same time. Oh, wow. It, it's a portable captioner. So it's like subtitles that are going. It's the subtitles, yes. And you check it out with your driver's license up at the front desk, and you turn it in when you're done with the movie, and they program it to whatever movie that we are going to see. Does it work good? Yeah, it works great. Wonderful. Oh, that's cool. But they also have glasses. They also have glasses you can wear that have the captioning on it, and you just have to put your head in the right place to see the text. You don't like it, Raymond. Yeah, you got to watch watch the movie like this. I I don't like that one. I like the cup holder. I'm okay with either one. Yeah, I mean it's only what an hour and a half, you know, a movie. You know. Oh my goodness. What about um, when you're at home and you, so when you're at home and you want to watch TV? I guess there's Captioning. you can just have the subtitles going. Yeah, right. And what about um, for like the doorbell? Do you have like lights or things there, like that? There are devices uh-huh. that will do flashing lights for you, or you could be like me and have a hearing dog. Okay. You know, there's there's either technology or there's hearing dogs, but yes, I there are things them. out there for so your husband. What about for for the phone, though, you can't... Before, you couldn't they do the flashers. phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. But what... Yeah. Is it like a reading device, then, maybe, for the phone? Uh, oh, yes. We have captioned phone. Okay. Yeah. Captioned. Okay. That's uh-huh. what it's called. Captioned phone. So, do you yeah, do that, Raymond? You know, I, I have one, but it has been so garbled. Because Not that good, huh? Part, no, it hasn't been that good. So, I just kind of quit using it because it was so garbled. So, I... Um, I don't use the phone unless I absolutely have to. I love texting. Okay. People, people who know me will text me. Okay. Same for you? I use the phone all the time at home okay. on my landline okay. with a caption call telephone. Okay. And I never have garbles. Okay. What I do experience is the speaker is not clear and the captioner will put speeches inaudible. Mm. You know, so I tell them, you need to put the phone by the mouth, put your mouth by the mouthpiece and speak clearly because my captioner is not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they also have a, a downloadable app for cell phones. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't like to use the cell phone because I can't understand speech on it, but if I must make an emergency phone call on it, I will use that. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and it's, the captioning is very good. Okay. But the inner caption? Yes. Wow. You need to help me load it online. You, you have an Apple phone and it already has the captioning built in. You don't have to download anything. Well, in the school environment, what, um, what would you recommend that would help the, you know, a child that's hearing impaired in the school environment now? Make sure that they sit up really close to the teacher. The teacher has to be aware not to be walking around. They need to be right in front of that child to be able to let them know that, they're, that they can see what they're saying. That's very important. I think most schools today are, are closely working with mm-hmm. the parents. And because, like, like I said earlier, hearing loss is so variable. And mm-hmm. so unique for each person. Mm-hmm. So the accommodations that are required will be individualized to that child. Yeah. Okay.
What would you say, like, regular day-to-day things that are hard for you, Rayma? Um, I don't like talking on the phone, but I do have my, my, cell, my cell phone, and I have the captioning. Not the captioning, but I have the text messaging. Um, my life is pretty rich. So I don't really think, I, the fact that I have a husband and he's very, very good to me um, makes it very easy for us. So I think for me, I it's kind of like what, what Julie said to me, get out, do things. I did not for a long time. I, I don't do a whole lot of things that I um, would have maybe have done if I was hearing. Mm-hmm. But I am venturing out this last week, or this, yeah, last Friday, was it yesterday or the day before Thursday, I went out with a group of girls and we went to a, a, a big restaurant. I couldn't hear anything except for there was an older woman that was sitting across from me that that understood hearing loss and she talked to me a lot. But as far as like, I was there and could not hear anybody else at the table. And that was kind of okay. It's like, okay, I did it. I went. I, I enjoyed it. I could hear people in the car talking, which was, was okay. So I'm, I'm venturing out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not in the little tiny bubble that I, I used to be in. So, and that was because you felt like if you were out by yourself, you would maybe not, you would miss so much or that you didn't feel safe. Is it because you can't hear that you kind of felt, was it uncomfortable or partly it's, it's kind safety of, it's, too? It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I guess it is a safety issue. Yeah. I mean, just even if you're out walking your dog. Right. You got to, you, for me, I'm listening for a car. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can't yeah, hear the car. Coming. And I walk my dog at the park a lot. Yeah. And bicyclists come yeah. up behind me. And they don't know that I'm deaf. And they say whatever they say. Move over or on your right or whatever they say. I don't know they're coming until they're whizzing right past me. And my dog might be a little bit ahead of me, and I don't know to keep her in safety's path. So that's very difficult. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you may want to put a vest on you that says deaf. No, it's not a bad idea because it's so true. Like, I would not think like that. Right. Yeah, and so they're not thinking like that right. at all. I know. They think that wow, that people are can can hear. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, did you feel like you were isolated too? Did you were you afraid to go out places, Jeannie? Or I'm not afraid to go out places, but I am isolated in group activities because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I miss all the jokes and that's hard. Know, yeah, yeah a, you know, a table with conversations that. It's either me and the person right next to me, and maybe I'll get some of what they're saying, or maybe they have to yell, and maybe it's just too difficult. So it's it's that's very challenging. That's hard. So I I wonder when you're one on one, how much of the conversation do you feel like you understand, Jeannie? Everything, because if I don't get it, I'll ask you to repeat. It. Okay. And what about you? Same, same here. Same. Mm-hmm. But it, it's more now that you got the implant. Do you feel like you're picking up on more? And I am picking up on more, but the speech is not as clear. Mm-hmm. The speech is not as clear as I can hear with my hearing aid. And when I had the hearing aid in this ear, 
which, which is my implant there, I heard, I heard speech better. But on a different level, I'm hearing so much more environmental sounds, normal, I guess, everyday sounds I'm hearing. It's just the speech that is not quite there. Mm-hmm. But they, everybody says that will come in time. That's what they say. Yeah. What was like the time frame? What do they say? It varies, huh? Some pe- yeah. Some people will get it like, you know, they, they're implanted and two weeks later they can hear everything. Some people, you know, maybe three months. It's been, it'll be six months on the 8th for me. So it's kind of a long time in a way, but they're saying that it'll, you know, that it should be okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Are you happy that you got the implant? I have good days and bad days. Some, da- some days I think, oh my God, what did I do? Why did I do this? And then other times I'm thinking, you know, like, um, I'll hear something that is like, okay, you're, I went to a, I went into a CVS store and did you know that they have music in those stores? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and the thing was, is that I had never, never heard, heard it, heard music in a store. So I, I heard it. And I thought, oh my god, am I hearing music? So I went up to, I went up to the clerk and I said, am I hearing music? And she looked at me like I was coming from Mars. Aww. And she goes, yeah. Aww. And I thought, I said, do they always have music in this store? She said. Yeah. Again, looking looking at me like I was from Mars. And at that particular point, I realized that I was hearing something that I hadn't heard before. And I broke down into what I called the blubbering moment. <laughs> I broke down and cried. And it's just, what's the matter? I said, I can hear the music. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So you're having like a lot of wow moments oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. I am. When I got my first pair of hearing aids, you don't know what you're missing yeah. until you get hearing aids. And for the first time in my life, I heard water running in the sink. I heard paper rustling. And you spend some amount of time when you first get your technology, whatever it is that helps you to hear learning what sounds are. When I first got my hearing aids, I would hear things and I couldn't identify it because I had never heard it before. And so it was always, what's that? What's that sound? What's that sound? I know she's been going through that with uh, with Tom since she got her cochlear implant, but I went through it when I got my hearing aids too. Kind of exciting. Absolutely. And it's it's a magnificent. I'm glad. Does does it? Okay, tell me a little bit about the surgery. That that is the impl- It's implanted. Yes. They. There's like a magnet up here. That this. Wow. So they they kind of underneath your skin, or right. is it in the bone too? It, it. I'm not exactly sure, but uh-huh. they, they they do. They drill a hole in here, because I got a hole in here, and it goes into the brain, and then you'd have to look up a cochlear implant, what they do, but they uh-huh. have they have this, the, the madness here, and then they have the, I don't know how it works, actually, except for I know that it does work. 
it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm not technical. Yeah. But um, this is kind of like, it works like a, a hearing aid in, in a lot of ways, but it is, it is a better sounding hearing aid. Like with this one, it has feedback, feedback and the Cloclear is clearer and it is, um, doesn't have all that, all the external sounds, not the external sounds, it's like the environment, not the, even the environmental sound. It is, um, the no, no feedback, I te- guess. Technical, what is it? What is it? Like it would be, um, well, is it like an electrical impulse, or it's like it's a yeah, different they, it's a different ran, way they, of they ran wires. Yeah. What What are you saying? They ran wires. Her surgery was outpatient. She was in and out same day. You, wow. You, know, you go You go home and you have a wrap on for three days. No, 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 no. Two days. No, yeah, about a couple of days. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was piece of cake. Not painful. Oh, no. Okay. I really, really had no trouble. I went in. I went out. I came home. I was. I was fine. I didn't really have, I really didn't have any problems with it. She had to wait like six weeks before you got your cochlear? I, I was... Um, for the surgery site to heal. I had this, the surgery on April 11th and I was activated, meaning that the device was turned on on May 8th. Okay. Very cool. And then there's the community that you're, that a Facebook community that helps you understand what you're going through too and gives you motivation and feedback because they've gone through it. Yes, yeah. they have. They're wonderful. You can ask any question no matter how dumb or how, you know, how technical it is. Mm-hmm. They know that somebody knows the answer. Somebody can help you. And if you're just down one day and say, you know what, I would... I, I just wish I hadn't done this or whatever. And then I'll say, well, you know, so... They encourage you. Yeah. There's three cochlear implant manufacturers, and they all have monthly meetings in local areas for people that are considering cochlears or that have recently been implanted or they they have the old timers in there that are in there for support. And so she has uh, live meetings that she uh, was attending very regularly before she got implanted. And then she likes the uh, online you know, Facebook stuff. So okay. She, she engages in that a lot. They they have one called Cochlear Implant Experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But they also have them by the brand name of the cochlear that you have, which is, you know, their okay. group exclusively. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. And then cochlear when America. you sleep at night, does it bother you? Um, you know, most people do not wear their implant to bed. I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Are you talking about this piece over your ear? Yeah. Okay. I, I take that out. I mean, I don't take that off. You I, just sleep with it. I do because I, I don't, I hate the silence. Oh. I hate the silence. I hate it. I mean, I only take it off to go to bed for, you know, a while. But I, I either put it back on or I, or I don't take it off. But the only time I really take it off completely is when I'm in the shower. I get in, I get out, I, I don't mess around in the shower. I take, I blow dry my hair and put it back on. I don't like the silence. Some people enjoy it. Some people enjoy the silence. Yeah, on the other hand, I'm very comfortable with my deafness. Uh-huh. I don't wear my hearing aids to bed. And I, I get up in the morning and I don't put them on for a couple of hours until 
I'm ready to, uh, I have breakfast and feed the animals and, you know, get dressed and do my hair and makeup and all that without hearing aids. And hairspray is very detrimental to hearing aids, so I never put mine on until I'm actually, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all ready to face the world and... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm comfortable with my deafness. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, Yeah. so everybody's different. And before you had the implant, did you sleep with hearing aids in? No, because I, before I, when I had, when I had hearing aids, I still had, I still had hearing. Okay. I had hearing, but it wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. But I could, I could take my hearing aids off and I could still hear environmental sounds. So I felt comfortable. I felt like if if uh, Tom moved around or you know I could hear I could hear different sounds in the house without the hearing aids. Then it it came to a time where I got you know I wore the hearing aids sometimes to bed but not all the time. When I got the cochlear implant you lose all the hearing. All the residual hearing that you have, I lost it all. That freaked me out. Really did a number on my psyche. Is that common? That's like part of the procedure? Okay. I'm assuming that it is. I think some people, some people have been able to, to retain that hearing. I was not. So that did freak me out. I was, um. Yeah. It, and it, That's scary. It is. It's very scary. Yeah. Very scary to know that I, you know, I, I'm not able to hear. I can hear out of this ear, but it's not, it's, it's. It has gone down too, recently. You know, you know. I think since I got my cochlear, I think it's gone down somewhat. So, I just feel more comfortable having it on because I, I just I don't I don't like the silence. I wonder if it's because your brain is working so hard to adapt to all the new sounds yes. and understanding that this ear, the ear that can hear, is like, well, I don't. I'm like, or your brain can only like do so much, you know, and that, that's so interesting. Amazing. Wow. Um, let's see. So you guys have been part of a deaf community or organization then, but were you from a young child or was more like as an adult that you became? We haven't really been with the deaf community. The deaf community is a kind of like. They um, are kind of like separate, and it's. it's Does that mean you can't up. hear at all if you say you're deaf? Like there's no hearing, or I I don't know. Okay, there's a deaf community that is kind of they're kind of off by themselves, and it's kind of like if you are if you are hearing and you can hear and hear with hearing aids, they don't really accept you. It's kind of like that they they have their own group. Is this is your? Uh, actually, they're coexisting. Now they are coexisting yes. now. At one time, they were pretty exclusive, but not today. Really, they're yeah. okay. Okay, that's an improvement because it either it was either you're deaf or you're hearing impaired. So, mm. okay. So the group that you guys have you been involved with a then a hearing impaired group like from the time you were young? Did you get to interact with people who were dealing with what you were doing? Dealing with or no? My, More as adults. My mom and dad belonged to a group called Hearing Loss of America. Was it Hearing Loss of America? It was S H H A then. Okay. H L A A today. Okay. So, and that's where I met Jeannie. 
Jeannie, Jeannie's daughter dragged her to this meeting, and my parents dragged me to this meeting. And it was the very first time for Jeannie, the very first time for me, and I did not want to go, but I went because my parents wanted me to go. Her daughter dragged her because she wanted Jeannie to go to the hearing loss meeting. And we were the youngest people at that particular time. And so her daughter said, Oh, there's a gal that's about the same age as you. Why don't you guys get together and talk to each other? And then when we did, we found out that both of us were going to the university, a university, and we were going to the same class, uh, not the same class, but we were going to the same university at nighttime getting our our bachelor's degrees. Mm -hmm. So that was a real common ground for us. And then we started kind of getting together and and going to some of these hearing loss meetings, and we became friends. Mm -hmm. Kind of a weird thing. I mean, that particular day, if, if her daughter hadn't have gotten her there, and my parents hadn't have gotten me there, we would have never met each other, except for maybe at school. But, not, but we didn't have the same classes. Yeah. So you feel like that group helped you guys? The association. I, I didn't meet the HLA, the hearing loss group till I was around 35. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a tremendous help. I spoke about right. that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it helped my parents. I. She's never really been involved with them. No. 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 I didn't really. They're a bunch of old people. <laughs> like, they like have a, a lot of young groups now. Do they? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think that's the one plus about the internet is it helps people connect. Mm -hmm. So so they're able to connect with people who are dealing with the same things. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. oh, very nice. Um, what what do you think society or governments could improve on to help with the you know? I think they're really doing a pretty good job. You I, do? I really do think that they're they're doing a very good job now. Um, when I go to Kaiser and I. I tell them I, I'm sorry. I need to see what you're saying. Is do you want an interpreter? Do you want oh, somebody, wow. Do you want somebody with you right now? Mm -hmm. I think I can do it. All. I can. I can go by myself because my husband's with me. Mm -hmm. But and they will have somebody at you know at the hospital or at you know at the um, Kaiser to go to my appointments with me if I wanted them to. I think that um, the Americans with Disabilities Act have been really wonderful because, it, you know, with um, going to different jobs, they, they can help you also, you know, they can be like a liaison between the, the, um, um, the, the person, the hearing impaired person, and maybe say their, their supervisor if they needed to. Mm -hmm. So there's an awful lot of access out there that we didn't have a long time ago. If you want it, I mean, a lot of people, I, I feel like that we're pretty... Um, forceful, not forceful, but we're pretty independent. Huh? Independent. Well, independent. We we can speak for ourselves. Yeah. And we can ask for what we need. Assertive. <laughs> yeah, assertive. Yes. Assertive. Yes. Wow, that's good. What about you? What do you think? Are there any other things that I know you touched on, like the hearing in the rooms and things like that? But any other things that society could work on for the hearing impaired yes. or governments? C caption all those. Stuff that isn't captioned that's mm -hmm. on the internet. Okay. You know, yeah. The, the podcast, the, you know, meditations, the online classes, the, you know, every, every, everything that's offered. Have that caption. 
available. Okay. For those that need it. Yeah. You know, that I am excluded from a lot of stuff on the internet because it's not captioned. That's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because things you don't think the, about. The rest of the world is doing fairly well. Okay. They yeah. are. They are. It's a yeah. lot better. It's a yeah. lot better than I'm yeah, but then, um, you know, it depends on what activities that you're engaging in, too. And I'm sure that my activities are, are curtailed because of my hearing loss. There mm-hmm. are certain things that I won't do because I can't hear, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But um, there there are a lot of people with hearing loss that won't let them that stand in their way. And they will forge ahead and they will make it. Mm-hmm. So that it's accessible for me when I get there. Ah, that's so nice. Well, you're doing that. I mean, you're both doing that by <laughs> by talking about it, and you're going to help people. So I appreciate that. I guess at this point in time, would you recommend that somebody who is having hearing loss get the cochlear implant? So individual. Mm-hmm. So individual. They would want to have it. I'm a candidate. Mm-hmm. She's trying to talk me into one since before she got one. She wanted me to go first. <laughs> and what do you think? Um, Still debating. Well, it, it's a very individual yes, decision. And um, as long as, for me, yeah, as long as I can get by with hearing aids, that's okay. my choice. Okay. You know, uh, the cochlear implant decision is irreversible. You can't get MRIs. They're not always successful. They're uh, uh, tremendous uh, oral rehab time period where you have to dedicate a lot of time. And I'm not willing to do that mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. in my life. Okay. You know, if I went completely deaf, I'd get one in a heartbeat. Okay. Now I say. It depends on the level. Everybody's individual. <laughs> and and your level of comfort. Yeah. You know, and your desire to hear external things. Right. You know? Yeah. And you're I, comfortable. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Do you, is your, is your, I'm functioning. Right. Is your hearing loss stable then? It doesn't go down? I lose a little bit every year. You do. It's part okay. of the natural aging process yeah. okay. to lose a little hearing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that it lasts me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, what I do have. Yeah. yeah. What about, um, like, when you're driving? Does it affect anything when you're driving or no, you not have really? To, you have to be very visual. Yeah. You have to know what's going on. You have mm-hmm. to watch. You have mm-hmm. to look for those flashing emergency sirens. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. you want to know they're coming. Yeah. And I don't always know what's happening. You know, but I follow my cue from Other what, what the rest, what okay. the traffic is doing in front of me. Well, I think a lot of people have the radio on, on yeah. don't they? And they probably can't hear outside either, can it, they? It does affect, it does affect you hearing the, the sirens. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but um, you, at some point you hear them, you know, uh-huh. as they're getting closer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Really. Things you don't even, I don't even think about. Yeah, we see them. Yeah, so you have to be very visual. Yeah. And, and, then, you, and yeah. also, if you see people pulling over, or if, you, if you're watching, you can see that there's a pattern, and if something's going on with that pattern, you're thinking, something's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, the first thing is, why are they pulling over? What's right. going on? Right, right, yeah. Why are they slowing down, it. you know? What's going on here? Yeah, that makes sense. 
Can you think of anything else to share that you feel would be important for people to understand? That people should be patient. They need to be patient with people and not say, pay attention or... Um, Never be, mind. Yeah, the favorite time. one. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. You're not worth me repeating that. Never mind. It didn't matter anyway. Yeah. yeah. I want That's to know what very, you said. Very offensive. Very offensive. That's a good point. I do that to my mom. Um, they, people people, like, oh, people don't do, do that. Everybody don't do does that. it. It's Everybody so does it. My yeah. family does it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Never mind. Yeah, because... It's I, too much it's trouble. It's hard. It's hard because they have to yell. Like with my mom, I have to yell at her. And she sometimes doesn't even hear if I yell. Did you say that she does have hearing aids? That she doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know what? Have, have her go to Costco. Mm-hmm. Costco has... The, I had the best hearing aids I've ever had through Costco. Love Is it a them. cost issue? Or she it's, has them? Part of it is a cost issue. Yeah. They're they're pretty inexpensive. They're like, you know, fifteen hundred dollars for for a pair, which is unheard of. It used to be like six thousand dollars for a pair. Mm-hmm. So they're a heck of a lot cheaper now. And and she can wear them for six months. Mm-hmm. They will work with her. And they were really the best oh, well, that's good ever. to know. That's good to know for her, ever, but yeah. for just everybody in general. Yeah. To know that. Yeah. And and I think probably with Costco now. There's so many companies that would just like, like I, I wanted to get my hearing aids adjusted and I went to this, this hearing aid group and I walked in, I said, I just need a hearing test and I would like you to check my hearing aids. So what they, what they did is they stuck me in a booth, took my hearing aids. Can I take the I'm not. Okay. And what they did is they took my hearing aids. Put it where I couldn't see when I got out of I the... I said, can I turn the fan on? Oh. <laughs> Why didn't you say so? <laughs> Pull this? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Is that making noise? A little bit, but it's all right. Okay. So where was I? Well, you oh. were talking about at Costco okay. how the process okay. works. So, so, I was, so I went to this other company... That I will, I would love to name the name, but I, I will not do that. But, but so I, I, when I walked out of the booth, they had a pair of brand new hearing aids sitting right there, stuck me in there, stuck them in my ears right away. And they said these are six thousand dollars. They wanted me to buy these. I said I came here for you to look at my hearing aids. And to check my hearing. I didn't come here to buy another set of hearing aids. And especially not for $6,000. Right. So I got yeah. up and I was very, very upset. Yeah. And I contacted somebody who I knew that was kind of over them. And I contacted him and I said, this should not have happened. And no. he would really let them know that they really yeah. screwed up. Oh, that's too bad. But Costco is very accommodating. They Wonderful. did a great job. Okay. Well, not only that, they don't make commission. So they're they're not trying to sell you something that you don't need. They really are very, they're very good with, okay. with hearing. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's good information. Yeah. And so, and how often do they need to get adjusted? 
like a, a hearing aid? Oh, for me, good three, four, five months. I mean, you wear it all the time, and at first it's like you take them in and off, off and on, off and on, off and on. Then you leave them on a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. It takes a while. To get used to it. it. It does take a while to get used to it. Okay. That's part of the... I think that's part of it because we've tried, like, putting doing hearing aids and and I think that's it. She doesn't have the patience for it. When your mom starts wearing her hearing aids, tell her to break them in slowly. An hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day, Mm. four hours a day until she's wearing them all day. Okay. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Because you get bombarded. Mm-hmm. Because you're hearing a lot of stuff that you never heard before, mm-hmm. and it can be very overwhelming and exhausting. And and yeah. also, and uh, d- depends on what kind of age she's got. You know, you don't want irritation to the ear from uh, an ill-fitting ear mold or something. Wow, that's when good you get information. There, call me. Okay, oh, yeah. that's such good information. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, and um, just so I would love for you to go over, if we didn't, like, or I'm going to read it, because this is Hearing Loss Association of America, Tips for Hearing People. So communicating with people who are hard of hearing. So when audio is poor, emphasize the visual. So if the, so use your hands and be kind of, yeah. that's what they mean. Yeah, whatever more. you can, yeah, whatever you can do, yeah. Okay. And then practice special speaking skills. So that means speaking slowly. Yeah. And so facing them so they can see you. And like you said, thinking about the visual, I could say, would you like a glass of water? Mm-hmm. Would you, do you know where your glasses are? Do you, you know, how do I get out the door? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then um, Face the audience directly. Um, spotlight your face in lighting that you're not in darkness. So it makes it easier for them to see. Avoid noisy backgrounds. Right? A lot of things going on. And I, even myself, um, in a restaurant, like what you were saying with um, the restaurant having no fabric now and the boost being short. And so the sound goes everywhere. And, and if, like, the roof is low... I feel like when the roofs are low, like, the sound is very loud. So that, yeah. Things that you, what you're paying attention to so you can go somewhere and, and hear and communicate mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. that you're with. Mm-hmm. And also, um, just from speaking with you, I'm learning that in a group environment, you can only really hear the person and speak with the person right next to you. It's, there's, it's hard to pick up everything, and you're missing out on a lot of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and people, I just, myself, don't realize that. Yeah, so, wow. And then get their attention, like, so make sure that you're ready to to listen. Yeah, yeah, like touching them. Yeah, that makes sense. And then ask how to facilitate the communication, so how can we communicate better? Okay. And then um, project your communication. It says don't shout. Yeah. Okay. Because shouting distorts sound. Okay. Higher volume is not necessarily good. Mm-hmm. We want clarity. Okay. That makes sense. Speak clearly at a moderate pace. Mm-hmm. Don't hide your mouth, chew food, gum, or smoke while talking. Right. 
and rephrase if you do not understand. You're not understood. Re like rephrase it. Say it mm -hmm. different words. Mm -hmm. Okay. And use facial expressions mm -hmm. and gestures. Mm -hmm. um, give clues when changing subjects. All oh, this is really good. Very good. Where did you get that this letter? This is from That's Jeannie. from you, Jeannie? Yeah. So it's from the Hearing Loss Association. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then um, empathy, you know, so be patient if the response is slow. Um, stay positive and relaxed. Talk to the hard of hearing person, not at them. Mm -hmm. And then offer respect to help build confidence. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and I like to ask a question to people that I interview, um, so I'll ask each of you separately. So, Rayma, what do you think humanity needs to work on to make the world a better place? You mean all of humanity? Mm -hmm. Be nice and kind to each other. Yeah. Be understanding. Be patient with everybody. Because everybody has, I mean, hopefully everybody wants to get along and be included. I like that. What do, What do you think? We all like to be included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do I personally need to work on to improve? Not you personally. Like humanity as a whole. What do you think we need to work on to make the world a better place? Um, I pray for the earth every day that the earth the oceans and the air would be healed because we damaged her so so much you know and um, I wish people would be more conscientious that without the earth the ocean and the air our life is not sustainable mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your dog is, I don't know which one it was. I think it was Heather. That you're, it's getting she, close to being okay. Yeah, okay. she's making noises like, hey, I'm here. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right, well, I want to thank you both for taking the time to share about yourselves.